Welcome to Artful Aging with your host, Amy. Are you a senior or a caregiver of a senior looking for support and direction? Best-selling author, educator, and expert in senior living, Amy Friesen, is here with the help you need while providing you with an important and valuable support network. So now, please welcome the host of Artful Aging, Amy Friesen. Good morning, everyone. I'm Amy Friesen, and this is Artful Aging with Amy. Thanks so much for joining me today. We're live from Bold Brave TV. It's that time of year, again, when some people are sent scrambling to collect all of the information for taxes. I know I've done it. I know a lot of people that do it. Did you get all of the forms filled out that you need? Are you able to claim this or that? Is there something you missed that you should claim? And the list can go on and on and on. And I know most of you are nodding your heads. According to newswire.ca, almost half of Canadians wait last minute to file their taxes. I'm sure that the unknown and being overwhelmed are two huge contributors to that. Additionally, the Globe and Mail reported that almost half Canadians were also doing their own taxes and possibly missing out on some significant savings. Sarah Bowie's here from Bowie Financial. She's my guest today. Sarah loves discussing securing investments, estate planning, and efficiency with her clients. Sarah has a passion for helping people and loves working with retirees. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate it. And you've brought a guest, Sarah. I'm going to let you introduce your guest. Excellent. Well, thank you for the great introduction. Appreciate it. And I hope I can do the same for Tracy here. Uh, so we call Tracy the brains of the operation, at, especially this time. Uh, Tracy has been in the tax field for how long now? Over 10 years already. Over 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And what interested you to get in? Uh, the first thing is I want to learn how to file my taxes and trying to be, I'm going to help the people to file their taxes and get most benefit. Right. Yeah. Right. Wonderful. Yes, because we're seeing now even the CRA offering to help you do your taxes online, but I don't think they're even including expenses no. in, in that calculation. No. no. Okay. It's tricky. And, and that's what I said at the top of the show, everybody like, what can I claim? What can't I claim? So Sarah, maybe we could start off. I know that uh, before your finance career, you were a realtor in New York State as well as Ontario. Why change to finance? Tell me more. Well, finance is our family business. Uh, so my parents are both in this industry. Uh, my dad, what, 42 years mm -hmm. now. Uh, mom eventually joined him in. Uh, mom focused more on the life insurance side, dad more on the investment side. So if you can imagine the dinner table was, was just all of that. My sister going to get her BCom. Uh, and then I was a little rebel. I decided, well, I'm going to get real estate. And you know what? Not much of a rebellion because you're getting into investments anyway. <laughs> so anyway, when the opportunity came, I decided uh, to, to work my parents and it gave me an opportunity to have a little bit more time with my kids. I find that real estate is very challenging when you have a family. For sure. And especially with the market right now as well, right? It's pretty crazy told anyway. Um, I also know that, you know, you love working with all of your clients, you have conversations with everyone, but I know that you really love working with retirees in particular. How come? Uh, you know what you're getting? Uh, <laughs> you know, as somebody who has life experience, it's, uh, you know, you can say, what are you looking for? And they tell you. 
And that's really nice. I feel like it, it takes a lot of the mystery out of life for me. There's enough mystery around where, you know, at work, I don't want to be piecing together your financial objectives. Uh, so working with retirees, they're, they're pretty mm-hmm. like, hey, this is what I want to do. Can you do this for me? Yes or no. So very nice. And also the life lessons I get. I mean, I've learned so much working with retirees because they've been there, done that. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of um, advice that anybody can get, seniors generally speaking, and then um, just through their life experience. Have you always been working with retirees or when you started, did you start just generally or tell me a little bit more? So uh, when I started, mom and dad always focused on retirees. Uh, Mom a little bit less so because of the life insurance side of things. Um, But uh, with dad, it was very much investments, retirees, estate planning. Um, And and so I just came in right right at that, you know, kind of working with retirees and I haven't looked back. I mean, not that I won't work with younger people, of course. Love you too. You uh, show us. Yeah, <laughs> go back in your basement. I'm, I'm so young, Sarah. So young. <laughs> For you, anything, but you know, the other thing. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we're going to talk a lot about different specific um, taxation things, claiming things all throughout the show. We're going to take a break now, um, now that you've got a bit of a taste of Sarah and Tracy. So we'll take a break. We'll continue the conversation when we come back. This is Artful Aging with Amy. We'll see you in a few minutes. Artful Aging with Amy is currently looking for guests and show ideas for our next season. Drop us a line at hello at artfulagingwithamy.com and let us know what you would like to learn about in our upcoming season. Welcome back to Artful Aging. I'm joined today by Sarah and Tracy, a financial planner and a taxation planner, I think, um, for Tracy. Sarah, what would you call yourself? Um, taxation consultant, <laughs> maybe. Taxation consultant, besides Tracy, right? <laughs> So So we're discussing all things taxes today. So please note that we are in Ontario and some things come up on today's show that might not be the same in your area. However, our goal is to give you tools and information to ask more of the questions to the people in your area if you're not in Ontario. So taxes and applying for government benefits can change throughout our whole life. For instance, when you have a child, there's child care benefits, for instance. And so, Sarah, how are retirees affected differently by taxation or Tracy? Whoever would like to answer. (laughs) Sure, I I can get it started and then Tracy can uh, add in here. Uh, So definitely, when, like you said, whenever your lifestyle changes, no matter if you're in Canada or the United States, your taxation is going to change, whether that's having a child, getting divorced, uh, even sometimes a a new job, you know, changing your status. But and moving right. yeah, moving Jeez, right. yeah yeah and and then uh when we get to retirement that's a whole different thing so we're talking uh different benefits you know for cpp a lot of people ask us yeah. the canadian that's the canadian pension plan mm-hmm. uh should we be taking it now take it later oas uh, that comes in as income yeah. and then in canada we have uh, rsp so it's a registered savings plan and that money is not taxed when uh, when you're paying into that 
And so when you get to a certain age, you have to start taking that income. And it's, it's called your income fund at that point. And that is income on your taxes as well as your pension. So surprisingly, in, in my experience, a lot of people at retirement are a little, they are actually a little bit richer than they thought they would be. Um, they might not feel that way, but on paper, <laughs> definitely. And uh, part of why they don't feel that way is because of the expenses, right? So, so we're travel insurance yeah. now, you know, that premium's really gone up. Um, any, any sort of private plan that you might've had to grab, mm-hmm. um, you know. The premium is so high now prices all come up. Yeah, so your expenses are are a little bit higher. So you want to make sure you're taking advantage of that and what you can write off. Uh, So Tracy and I wrote down a few things, uh, you know, having the disability tax credit. I think Mm -hmm. that's a big thing that over 60, a lot of people should consider if they fall into that. Yeah. uh, Because of the tax benefits to that. And then Tracy was mentioning some things like age amount. Yeah. So in retiree, we have, you know, the Generally, everyone will have a personal amount, and then plus that is the uh, age amount for seniors, and the pension amount for seniors as well is two thousand. Um, really, seniors can think about you know start thinking something else if you are elderly, like uh, stay home or even senior home and uh, long-term care, and you can claim a disability tax credit as well. Uh, that's a huge difference. It's eight, that over 8,000 different. Mm-hmm. So and at the same time, if you uh, is living in senior home or long-term care, uh, you can claim all the care expense mm-hmm. and uh, all the medical expense there. So this is the extra deduction as well. So brings your tax payable down, really is. Yeah, and and a lot of the times that's the goal here because we have uh, the infamous S clawback, the old age security clawback, and a lot of people want to avoid that. The best way is to be you know careful with your income and make sure that you're deducting what you can. Yeah, the other one is somebody just retired and they will get a huge uh, severance. So that's a tricky one yeah. because that, you know, brings you into the next tax bracket and pay a lot of tax. So better just plan at the beginning before your tax season is coming mm-hmm. to get ready to reduce your tax payable. That's the thing. Yeah, and I find as a financial advisor, those questions come to me often, like should mm-hmm. I contribute to my uh, RSP, mm-hmm. my registered savings plan, uh, so that Tracy can deduct that from my income or from the large sum I just got at retirement, mm-hmm. or, yeah. or maybe I sold my investment property because mm-hmm. I don't want to take care of it more. So there is strategy, and I find hand in hand, yeah. Tracy and I work really well together. Awesome. Why don't, why don't we elaborate a little bit on um, RSPs and RIFs? Um, so I think a lot of the confusion that I see, I mean, personally, I go through it and I have clients that go through it. I think of it, a lot of confusion that people have is literally definitions and education, right? And that's why like, this is what the show is about. This is what I do in my daily life is educating and defining what things are so that people understand. So maybe because you're already talking about RIFs and, and whatnot, what about, um, are you able to defer RIFs? Maybe let's start there. Like, Can you tell us a bit more about RIFs and can you defer them and what's the process? 
Sure. And what you're saying is absolutely true. Understanding the definition of these things is such a challenge. We call it alphabet soup. <laughs> because that's really what yeah. it is, just like the letters. Um, yeah. So when we're talking about RIF income, uh, by the time you're 71, the government says, okay, Amy, I want you to decide what you're going to do with your RSPs. Are you going to make it an annuity? Are you going to cash it all out? But cash it all out right now. Uh, are you going to make it a RIF? Just an income fund. So a lot of people choose the RIF off the bat because you could always convert that to an annuity later on, whatever, or cash it out. And uh, so they go to the RIF. So you have to make that decision at 71, but you can actually defer that income to 72 if you want to. And then if you have a younger spouse um, or, you know, are thinking about getting one, you could use <laughs> their age uh, to lower your payment. Uh, so here... Actually, I don't know what you can see, um, yeah. but we have the minimums. So when you're 72 and you have to start taking that income, it's at 5.4% of that RSP RIF, we'll call it now at 71, uh, you have to take 5.4% at minimum. So the government is saying you absolutely have to take it. Why? Well, because they want their tax money. We're talking about taxes. This money has never been taxed. And bad news is this. If you say, you know what, I'm going to defer it. I'm going to try and leave that 300000 in that riff as long as I can and just, just, you know, slowly take that money out. And I like seeing that big amount. Upon death, it's taxed really high. Um, it's okay. all income. All income. So they get you there. Well, let's, um, let's hold for a minute because I hear Freddie in my ear and we're going to go for a break. But there's a lot of other questions I have around this. So we'll jump back in in just a couple of minutes. You're watching Artful Aging with Amy. We'll see you just in a few minutes. If you're a planner or trying to be one, Things You Should Know is a great place to start. Personal information, power of attorney info, and real estate is just a fraction of the information you can store in this fillable planner and record keeper. Download your free copy today at tntoast.ca forward slash medical dash planner to get started. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining us today. We're going to jump back in with Sarah and Tracy because there's still a lot of definitions I want to make sure that you all understand and some that I don't understand myself. So um, maybe we could look next at pension income splitting and how it potentially help save on taxes. Can you tell me what that is and can you give me some more information on it? Absolutely. Tracy's yeah. best on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So based on my experience, so the retirees, one is sitting on the high income pension and CPPOS or whatever, the total income is higher than the spouse. So that person can transfer a maximum half of his pension to the spouse. At the same time, transfer the taxes to her spouse or his spouse and to reduce his tax payable. At the same time, the lower income um, spouse can benefit from the tax transfers as well. Most of the time, we'll get a refund because of that. Okay. And is that something <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing because I know what's about to come out of it and it magically happens or what do you have to do to make that happen, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is how it happens because uh, the higher income um, uh, the spouse can transfer maximum half of his or her 
pinching to the other one, the left one. Okay, but you have to set it up so that it does that. It's not just that the CRA is going to be like, hey, you can save money. (laughs) (laughs) They don't tell you, okay? Nobody tells you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They don't tell you. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Let's learn a little bit more about CPP and OAS. I've been learning about this in my own planning as well. I know that we talked about, I think it's OAS clawback. Um, Can you just give us a little bit of education around those two as well? Sure. I I think we can both go on this one. So CPP, uh, so Canadian pension plan, you're paying into that uh, throughout your lifetime, right? And then at 60, they say, hey, you want, you want to take some? You want to take some CPP? And, uh, hey, and, and, you know, and you might, you might. Like I, I have uh, a family member actually asked me this question. And in his scenario, because of the lack of income and single household, uh, you know, we decided at 60, taking the CPP was the best bet. Um, also some health issues, right? So we're not talking about somebody who expects to live to you know, 110, just honestly. Those people do typically live to 110, side note. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm to say they're not going to. Um, so, so CPP, you can start taking it or you can defer it. And uh, there is some reason to defer. And it's often because you're pension heavy already. Um, so that's always something you want to talk to a financial advisor and a tax specialist about. And then OAS. So OAS is 65. They're, they're saying, oh, hey, yeah, no, not many defer it. You can. Can, but a couple of years, that's it. Mm-hmm. A huge benefit to that. Um, so old age security is something that everybody gets. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the GIS top up. Yeah. To that. So, uh, so that is for people who are struggling a little bit, have less income. Um, so they could get a top up to the OAS. And, uh, and for some people that's really helpful. You know, it's the same family member who I was talking about, you know, we did that, uh, and, uh, you yeah. know, it's a little bit more comfortable of a life. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you yeah. can top up, uh, OS and you get a GIS. Right? So, yeah. So all of that is really, uh, income, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so when we're talking about pension income splitting, just to kind of bring it back, we cannot pension income split CPP. Uh, that's just something that we can't do. So you have CPP yourself and have them split it at the source if you mm-hmm. want to have a preferable tax yeah, yeah. position. So so it can be done, but you got like the financial folks can't do it. You have to d- deal directly with Canadian pension plan. Yeah, and they're great. I mean, from our experience, they're quite helpful. Yeah. Uh, so you can get that done there. And then something else to consider, and a lot of people don't do it, is the child rearing top up to CPP. So for parents, moms or dads who stayed home with those kids uh, throughout the years, I mean, they weren't able to work because they're raising children. uh, So they would have less CPP, right? Um, So CPP will actually increase it uh, based on child care. Yeah, so when you get the thing in the mail now, it actually asks that question, which is nice. You don't have to call or do anything special. I didn't know that myself. I told you I was going to learn stuff. I always learn something every week. So what about um, just so people understand the clawback from OAS? Can you explain that? So clawback is proportionate. Uh, So it's not like, oh, you made too much money. You're not getting any OAS. 
so it, it's based on the income. You want to speak a little yeah. bit more to that? So, yeah, if the retiree the income is past the threshold, threshold uh, usually it's uh, around 75000 And then the government will start to take back the OS portion. It's not a whole thing. So I think that's bringing it back to pension income splitting, I think that's where people could really benefit from pension yeah. income splitting too, right? Making sure that you're keeping that OAS intact. Yeah, in the, in the certain range. Right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. And then let's wrap in TSFAs. It's more about TSFAs. So a tax-free savings account. Uh, so it seems like it has to be a savings account, um, but it should really be called a tax-free investment account because all of the gains that you're making in a TFSA are tax-free. Uh, So right now, if you had never contributed to a TFSA before, um, we can put $81,500 into that account right. So when I'm working with people and they see that, hey, they have this open account, they've been getting a tax slip uh, for the interest on this, uh, maybe we should consider taking a portion or all of it, depending on the amount, and putting it into that TFSA if you don't already have it. Uh, because then you're not going to get tax slip. One less thing to be looking for. <laughs> and, uh, and then also to see uh, more, more gain in the long run in the yeah. TFSA. So, yes. so that can be invested in anything. Really. Yeah. yeah. Terrific. Terrific. Okay. Well, it's that time again. So we're going to take a break. After the break, we're going to discuss more about tax credits because I get that question all the time. Like most of you know, I work in the retirement home world. So there's lots of different things. We touched on it earlier, but we're just going to go a little bit more in depth. See you in a couple minutes back on Artful Aging on Bold Break TV. Welcome back to Artful Aging with Amy. We're going to jump back in again because we have a lot of information to cover. Uh, This time we're going to talk about all things kind of tax credits that relate to seniors and specifically in retirement and long-term care and the whole care world. So as most of you know, I work in the retirement home world, like I was saying, lots of the questions that I get are, you know, can I claim as part of my care or my rent for retirement living? Can I claim long-term care um, and the disability tax credit, which we touched on? So maybe, uh, Tracy, let's start uh, because we've already touched on the tax, the disability tax credit. Let's just kind of re-explain it a little bit so that it gives us a bit of a base because a lot of people that are making a move to retirement and long-term care are claiming this credit. So can you just give us a little bit more information about that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so this is actually a uh, tricky one because a lot of seniors will go move to the long-term care or senior home. And they think that they can claim all the costs there as a credit, but actually not. So if you have no disability tax credit certificate from CI, then every single penny from your pocket to pay the senior home it's not deductible. It's, it's not credit at all. So um, the best way to do that is talk to your family doctor or, and get the doctor sign, get the uh, CRI approved that you are disabled. And then you can claim the rent, you can claim the care fees or the nurse fees medical fees in a long-term care or senior home. So that is a huge difference. Is there um, like a specific limit or amount? Like there's, is there any kind of like cutoff for that? Like 
sometimes retirement living, for instance, because the homes break down every tax season, they break down the total amount for the year in rent and care, right? And so um, is there, you know, you can only claim X amount of rent or X amount of care or anything like that that's at play? Yeah, so uh, they will, the long-term care always will provide a uh, annual statement. On that statement, like you said, like uh, we have a breakdown and they will specifically said this is eligible expense and this is the rent. So what we can claim is the eligible expense on the long-term care statement. Okay. That's medical, treated as a medical expense. So what I'm hearing you say, Tracy, is that if we can get the disability tax credit magic certificate, we're going to be rolling in money is what I hear you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, you know, the doctor has to fill it in. So that becomes the biggest challenge, I think, is, is getting yeah. the doctor to fill it in because we're asking a doctor to fill out a tax form, right? It's like asking Tracy to, you know, check out your toe. It's, uh, <laughs> you know. how to form actually i mean the doctor you know yeah so offering them uh, some help some guidance you know the the name of the person who is helping you through getting the disability tax credit just giving them that resource and saying hey you know i don't want to overstep but i'm i'm working with tracy and here's her information in case we have any questions right yeah really the, the forms are quite hard even it, not even just the tax forms you know there's a you know an admission form to retirement and things like that the doctors have to fill out and they take a bit longer because they're not usually their priority and they're a bit more complicated and there's a lot of information so it takes a little while um okay so what about the folks that are choosing to stay home longer they're doing either home modifications they're bringing in home care what say you for our that are staying in their homes yeah, like you said, with that magic certificate, you can claim. <laughs> I feel like I just want to do like stars and, and bursts around it. <laughs> so the home care, uh, yeah, if you hire some nurse, like uh, you can claim that. And also you can claim some um, home renovations about more safety for the seniors, like you install the uh, the handlebar on your uh, bathtub, something like that. And the non-slippery uh, floor is a new floor. You can claim that cost as well. Awesome. Okay, yeah. perfect. And then um, lastly, I'm, I'm wondering about, you know, there's a lot of uh, families who are bringing in their loved ones to live with them, or caring for them. So can you tell us more about, I believe there's a tax credit called the caregiver's tax credit, something like that. Can you tell us more about that for some of the caregivers in the audience? Oh, yeah, definitely. If uh, the, the parents is living uh, with their kids and uh, I mean the disabled uh, parents so the kids can claim a caregiver on their tax return and the okay. parents still can claim a disability tax credit on the parents side tax return so okay. benefit. yeah that's helpful because there's a lot of um caregivers who are trying to support their loved ones and you know, for whatever way they do it, it would be helpful, you know, to obviously educate our audience how to get some more money to be able to do that because it's very expensive, especially as care changes. 
Um, and so you, you guys deal with a lot of different clients. I know that you have to have some sort of story, but I know that we, do you have any stories around the disability tax credit? I know we were talking about that on the break. Um, maybe you could tell our folks a little bit more about that again. Yeah, sure. So, um, I think last year I helped a family to, uh, do a read their tax return for 10 years. And that is because the mother is disabled and living with the daughter family. So um, the mother didn't uh, realize that the daughter can have a tax credit on the caregiver side. So um, yeah, I prepared that for them and uh, redo the 10 years uh, tax return for the whole family. They both get a huge refund on that because of these tax, uh, the uh, uh, caregiver tax credit and the disability tax credit on those values. Yeah. So, so what I was going to say, what's the, like, you got to tell me, we're going to go to break in just two seconds, but you have to tell me what's the most crazy amount of money that you guys have gotten back for someone for these credits. Is there okay. anything that's been, <laughs> tell me the tell crazy one. Yeah, I'll tell you the crazy one. Uh, the daughter get the um, over 10,000 credit refund from the government. That's Wonderful. a crazy one. Yeah. Nice. Found money. Okay. Yeah. That I mean, that's found money, and it's and it's great because it can go towards so many other things. So let's take a break. This our show's flying by today. So after the break, we're gonna we're gonna discuss a little bit more with Tracy and Sarah. We'll be in a couple minutes. Are you and your family considering senior living options, but you're not quite sure where to start? In my best-selling book, Breadcrumbs Piecing Together the Retirement Living Industry, you will find tips and strategies for navigating the entire journey. Whether you're needing help with understanding the basics or strategies to help a loved one with dementia, it's all inside. Head over to tntoast.ca forward slash ebook to pick up your copy today. Where again, we're just going to jump back in because I just have a lot of questions. <laughs> so Sarah, maybe you can talk to us about uh, the changing in tax credits. Like how long do you have to claim ta- uh, the tax credits and things like that? Are that, you know, is there any specific um, stipulations on all of them or are they all different? Can you tell me a little bit more information about that? Uh, so I think the rule of the general rule is uh, 10 years, right? Yeah. Is there anything I'm missing on that? No, 10 years is the general rule. Yeah. And, okay. and it's worth it to go back. I mean, don't don't feel bad if you have to go back 10 years. I mean, you know, be honest with yourself here. If, if you've yeah. been feeling this pain for 10 years, be honest. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what about uh, protecting um, your estate? So there's something called upon like death taxes, I believe it is. Can you, I'm not making this very eloquent at all. So can you go ahead and make it a little bit <laughs> cleaner for me? Can you tell us more about it? <laughs> sure. So, uh, so first we'll start because I know we have uh, audience in the states and audience here. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say for the people in the states, that Ontario most closely mimics New York State, and I only know that family in New York have dealt with the state there. Um, so death taxes. So we call them, and this is my joke in Ontario. Get ready. Um, the estate administration tax. And, oh, okay. and the acronym for it that they use is the EAT tax. And it's because it eats away at your estate. So, I mean, <laughs> the government gave me a freebie and I had to use it. Uh, so, so, yes, there are death taxes um, everywhere. 
we don't have inheritance tax. So, uh, so it's not taxed in the hands of the people who get the money. Um, and then probate changed a little bit in January. So here we're certified executor advisors. So we assist executors as well. Um, so in January, the first 50,000 free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was January last year. So the first 50,000 of the state is now free. Um, so no probate on that. If you have an estate less than 50,000, they're not really that interested in you. They say, okay, you know, file, but we don't really care. Um, so that's the goal, right? If you can get your estate down to that that point. And it sounds, well, I don't only want to have $50,000. No, no. You only want to have $50,000 that the government knows. Uh, because you can, you can directly name beneficiaries on your accounts. Um, so you can be strategic. So on your TFSA account, on your RSP, your RIF account, Lira, Lyft, you can name beneficiaries. You can name your spouse you can name or your children. And then um, on segregated funds. So we deal in those here. Uh, so even an investment account, just a regular investment account, we can name beneficiaries. Uh, because it falls under the life insurance category, right? Because life insurance is not taxed and it's not probatable. Um, so there are ways to make your state fall into that category mm-hmm. without, you know, having to eat cat food. Like you can, you can, <laughs> you can do it. Um, so, so they get you there. So probate is uh, 1.5% after that 50,000. So that, that initial 50,000, whatever's left in the estate that you have to claim in Ontario, that's going to be taxed. And then, uh, and like I mentioned before, the RIF money. So dying with your RIF, RSP money, LIF, Lira, um, all of that upon death is income. Uh, So so let's say somebody passes away uh, and they have $300 worth of money in their RIF, LIF, whatever altogether. Well, geez, that's the best year you've had. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to tax you as such um, in income tax. So it's not a probate that's getting you, it's your income tax. And so oftentimes we're strategizing with people who have pension or dual pensions um, and have a lot of RSP money to say, okay, let's use this in your lifetime within your marginal tax rate, what makes sense. And you can take it, you can throw it into your TFSA, you could buy more life insurance with it, you could just straight up give it to your kids. I mean, why not? Everyone's struggling right now. Um, so, so get that kind of going while you're living. Don't hold on to that money because that's the biggest surprise yeah. that families have, uh, upon and, uh, definitely making sure your, your assets are set up to transfer properly to your spouse. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a big that's thing a big that avoids thing. taxation. Um, TFSAs avoid taxation at death as well. So there's lots of ways to do it. It's just really hard to do it after you die. So fair enough. <laughs> I mean, phys- physically, it's hard to do after you yeah. die. And then, <laughs> yeah, sort out after you die. But this is why, you know, we've come, had many professionals obviously on the show. And this is why you use professionals because like most of that stuff I've just learned recently myself. Right. And so that's why it's so important to seek out professionals or seek out professional advice when you're dealing with all, all the different things. Cause you don't know what you don't know. And most of us think we have a hand on it, but we probably don't like, there's probably so much other things that we haven't even looked at, but um, 
Sarah, can you tell us uh, for our caregivers in our audience, what should they be looking for to be helpful for their senior loved ones? You know, what can they keep an eye out for? Yeah, good question. Uh, so being helpful for your loved ones, I, I think it's being there for your loved ones is, is number one. And, and I'm sure you can resonate with that in your experience. Um, so having a valid power of attorney, not not thinking you can just go in and say, well, you know, my mom wants me to do this. Well, you know, after 16, it doesn't work like that. Uh, so you need to get your power of attorney in order. Uh, and, and if it's too much for you, don't be afraid to split that load with somebody else. Maybe somebody else is going to be the power of attorney for health because they have a better end for that. And then you might be the power of attorney for, for finance. So remembering that you don't have to do it all because, uh, you know, you can't really help people when you're burnt out. Uh, making sure taxes uh, are being actually filed every year. Um, and so that's going to avoid big issues down the line. And it's way easier if you just have the same person doing your taxes every year, uh, you know, die at some point. And if you have that same person doing your taxes every year, well, upon death, they know what's going on with you. Very easy for them to assist in wrapping everything up. And it's way easier on your family, way easier. Um, and then uh, getting advice on tax benefits that they might qualify for, right? That's that's so important, taking advantage of everything that's available to you. Uh, and then getting disability tax credit medical expenses. Fair enough. Well, I think we could have done 12 shows and we might have to have you ladies back. So I hope that we didn't scare our audience today. And I hope that you as an audience feel empowered about your taxation decisions uh, Boy Financial has a lot of information on their website. You can find the links at artfulagingwithamy.com. I want to thank you, Sarah and Tracy, for so much today and sharing your knowledge. I'm sure a lot of people really appreciate that. So thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for thank what you. you're doing. Thank you, Amy. Awesome. After the break, we're going to wrap up today's show with some of my personal experience and tips. We'll see you in a couple of minutes on Artful Aging with Amy. Welcome back to Artful Aging with Amy. I'm your host, Amy. I hope that, again, I hope that this hasn't overwhelmed you. Really, the goal is to arm you with some extra information so that you can then go to your accountants, your tax specialists, your estate folks, and ask those questions and answers because they don't know that, they might not know that you're struggling with it, and it might be something that you can actually get some tax credits back or some better direction in your life for. As someone who is currently going through a taxation planning assessment myself, I know that it can be quite overwhelming. I can't stress enough the benefit of working with professionals who know all of the ins and outs that can make the process so much smoother. Um, just getting that extra advice and knowing the path to walk is so much easier, uh, even if it's just a brief tax assessment like I'm doing, just something small, it does um, help quite a bit to have um, a professional on your side. Having your retirement income and investments organized will save you so much stress and anxiety. It's a tip I give to all of my clients to really understand where your money, where it's coming from, how much you have, and a ballpark of how long it will last um, will help you organize what you'd like to do with your senior years and what you can budget for. I know that a lot of people don't like to talk about uh, the possibility of death and you know how long we're going to live, but a lot of financial planners use that as a forecasting tool and we make an estimate um, how long you might live so then they can figure out how long your money will last you. So it is advantageous to go through that to really figure out um, you know, where the money's coming from. A lot of my folks 
you know, forget that they own a house that they can sell, right? If they're looking into retirement living, they forget or um, not, you know, not really forget, but they just don't take it into account. Um, and there's a lot of folks that want to save a lot of their money that they've been saving all these years. They want to pass it to their family, which is a lovely gesture. But I can tell you from my own experience that most families want to make sure that their loved ones are comfortable in their senior years and go to perhaps a retirement home or get home care in or do modifications so that they are actually comfortable and using the money that they have saved. It's very difficult for the seniors I work with to go from a sing for all of their years to a spending in their senior years. It's, you know, it doesn't quite compute for a lot of people. It's important to keep all of your important documents in one place. Bowie Financial has 25 plus list of documents that you should keep together on their website. And so everyone should have a look there. There's a link again on Artful Aging with Amy. And over um, Aging with Amy, there's a link for Tea and Toast. And we have a lot of documents. One specifically is a planner uh, planning tool so that you can lay out where everything is for your loved ones. And it also includes a section on what you'd like to do for your retirement living years. So whether you want to go to a retirement home, long-term care home, or, or anything in between. So it's all there for you. On next week's show, we'll be speaking with a financializer to be discussing ways to make the most of your money throughout your life. I thought it would be a good way to do back-to-back uh, -back -back shows so that anybody watching today might be able to get added advice next week. If you've enjoyed today's show, please give us a like and share the show so other people can find us. There's a lot of information we share, and it's all to make your lives a little bit easier and give you some more direction. For joining me today on Artful Aging with Amy, from me to you, I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. You've been listening to Artful Aging with host Amy. Many folks just like you feel they're alone in their journey in helping a loved one or caregiver. So tune in each week and let Amy show you that help is around the corner and is just one conversation away here on Artful Aging.